Hey guys, it's Nathan. This is episode 46 of The Nathan Seawood Show. The Nathan Seawood Show. Personal conversations with powerful men. This episode is brought to you by my friends at Unsettled. Unsettled is a 30-day co-working retreat experience for entrepreneurs, creatives, freelancers, and folks going through intentional transitions. They lead retreats in some of the most inspiring destinations in the world, Cape Town, Barcelona, Bali, just to name a few. I did uh, Medellin in Colombia with them last year, and it was everything I could have imagined. Beautiful apartment, great co-working space, incredible community, and you get to be a part of their global community that they've created, and lots of incredible local connections and experiences. Go to beunsettled.co slash Nathan, and they're gonna give you $100 off, so do yourself a favor. Beunsettled.co slash Nathan and prepare for one of the best months of your life. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. I'm coming to you from this beautiful place here in Waiheke Island, which is one of my favorite places in the world. And it's about 35 minutes away from Auckland City, if you don't know New Zealand that well. And it's just this beautiful tropical paradise. It's a warm, sunny day. You can probably hear the, the cicadas in the background there. And I'm just here to relax and work on my business for the next couple of months. And uh, I couldn't be more excited about that. And this week on the show, I've got my friend Adam Rower uh, here to speak to you. He's a spiritual, uh, deeply spiritual guy, and he's a, a business coach. He's going to help us bring more spirituality and depth into our businesses and kind of show us how that can benefit our business. I'm going to review the book Essentialism for you. And this week, I want to share my thoughts on overwhelm because I've just gone through this move here and there always seems to be an endless list of things to do with business and you never seem to be getting ahead and everything seems to rely on you to take care of it as an entrepreneur. So it's very easy for us to fall into the trap of overwhelm. And just to remind you, in creating an extraordinary life, one of the parts to that is creating a business and a mission that pulls you forward, that's bigger than you, that, that has a purpose that inspires you and gets you excited and pulls you forward in your extraordinary life. And the thing is, when we declare a big mission, when we decide we want to start a business that's going to make a difference, the first thing that shows up is all the places where you're not that, all the places where you're struggling and where you're not good enough and that you haven't mastered, (laughs) all those areas show up in your life when you declare that big mission and that big purpose. So it's very common that when you declare something like that, that you suddenly feel the weight of overwhelm of all the things you have to do in all the places you're not (laughs) good enough to do it. So the thing that I try to remember whenever I get overwhelmed, which is, is relatively often, is overwhelm is a story. Overwhelm is a choice that I make. So I don't have a choice about things that I have to get done. Those are just things that are out there. But I do have a choice whether I let it overwhelm me. And so When I'm feeling overwhelmed, I realize, hey, this is not something that's real. This is just something that I can choose not to feel. And so that's the first thing is having awareness of overwhelm. So when I feel that, I start to look at what is actually essential here. And we're going to talk about that more in the the book review of essentialism. But what are the essential things? And nine times out of 10, most of the things that I'm getting overwhelmed about are not actually that essential. There's a lot of stuff there that is nice to do. But if we're dropping all those things like perfectionism and getting it right and having to do everything ourselves, we start to drop those things away. Very few things are actually essential and actually require us to take care of them. So that's what I'll look at. I'll go and say, why am I overwhelmed by all these things? What actually is essential here and what can I comfortably get rid of or say no to for now or no for another day? So that's the first thing. I'll find out what is truly essential and almost nothing is essential. That's the thing to remember. 
And one of my coaches, Taki Moore, he always says the mantra, ask who, not how. So when I feel like I have a whole lot of things to do, instead of asking how can I do this, I ask who can help me do this. I don't have to do everything myself. I have to uh, keep reminding myself that it's okay to let things go. It's okay to bring on other people to do some of these tasks for me and accept the fact that it's not going to be perfect. Uh, it's going to take a while to get these things right when somebody else does them. But at the end of the day, I'm much happier giving up perfection so that I don't feel so overwhelmed and like I'm trying to take on the world myself. So remember Taki's mantra, ask who, not how. When you're feeling overwhelmed, ask who, not how. And that's going to help you get out of that overwhelmed situation much quicker. And my review this week is on the book Essentialism by Greg McKeown. And a lot of you would have heard of this book. It's a very popular book. I really enjoy reading Essentialism because as I take on this new business and have to figure out what's important and what's not and what is actually going to make a difference, Essentialism really reminded me that it's much better to focus on one really amazing thing and give everything to that than have 10 things going on where you're only giving a small amount of your energy. So Essentialism is really for anyone that wants to really get more out of their life and get more out of their business by focusing on less and learning how to do that. Some of the key insights from the book are learning to discern what actually is essential. And Greg actually calls them essentialists. So he calls it what an essentialist would do compared to what a non-essentialist would do. So he shows you how an essentialist would actually discern what is important and what's not important. Um, great stuff in there, how to say no and how to say a graceful no. So creating boundaries and saying no is a big part of focusing on what's essential. And there's some surprises in there. He talks a lot about uh, being more playful, how you can stimulate better ideas and work on things better by uh, focusing on play. He has some tips in there about improving sleep, about journaling, and about routines and how routines can actually help you because having a routine means that you don't have to think about a whole load of tasks that you have to do every day. So thus your energy increases hugely so you can focus on what's essential just by having that routine. So it is a book on essentialism, but he has a lot of just really great advice and personal development stuff in there that I really enjoyed. My favorite quote from the book, he says, uh, essentialists see trade-offs as an inherent part of life, not an inherently negative part of life. Instead of asking, what do I have to give up? They instead ask, what do I want to go big on? I love that quote because it explains, you know, how an essentialist really doesn't feel like they're missing out on things. They just know that in order to go big on something, they have to bring all their focus to it. So highly recommend the book. It's a big book. It takes a little bit to get through it, but it's a must have if you're having a big mission or you have a big business that you're working on and you really want to be successful at it. My guest on the show this week is Adam Rowe. I had a great chat with Adam. He's a deeply, deeply spiritual person. And that's really why I wanted to get him on the show because I loved following Adam on Facebook and, and seeing all his uh, different views on things. And I wanted to bring him on to show how we could actually use our spirituality to grow our business. So Adam's just launched a, a new book called Cosmic Philosophy, which he talks all about. And you're going to love uh, hearing about that because it's a little bit different. And so without further ado, enjoy this wonderful conversation with Adam Roa. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure for me to be on here. Thanks for putting this podcast out and also living life so differently than what society used to say was the way to do it. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. It's an extraordinary life. 
Uh, I read, uh, speaking of frequency, that when people ask you what you do, you say, I transmit frequency through the conscious content that I create. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's beautiful. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means? Yes. So I find that my role as an artist, so I, I found my way to this through my artistry, like my spoken word poetry and the film uh, content that I create, but it applies in every moment, including this one which is when I first get an idea, right? When, when I first get this idea for a new poem or a new film or whatever, everything shifts in that moment. I'm like, it's a eureka moment. I'm like, oh my gosh. And now what I thought is possible in the world just changed. So something about me on like a cellular level just changed when that dropped in, right? And what happens is then I say, okay, how do I take that idea, the frequency of that idea, and turn it into something tangible, whether that be a podcast or a uh, film or a poem or just a conversation, like whatever it is, how do I turn it into something tangible? And for most people, it bounces around in our mind, our conscious and our unconscious mind, and gets diluted with all of our fears and doubts and insecurities and all the parts of us that are saying, oh, you can't do that. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough training. You don't have enough money, like whatever it is. And I realized that my goal in everything that I do is to take that original frequency and turn it into something tangible with as little actual dilution of the original frequency as possible. And so in this conversation right now, my intention is to be as pure a vessel as possible so that my own fears and doubts and insecurities aren't the thing that are shaping what I'm saying. So that as people are listening to this, they are receiving as pure a frequency as possible as it's passing through me. That's what I call you know, channeling or being a vessel, that sort of thing. And that's what I aim to do with everything that I create. Well, so the, the idea is that, you know, whatever's coming to you, wherever it's coming from is channeling through you, whether it's business ideas or art or music or whatever it is, and just keeping that channel as clear as possible. Yeah, because if you think about it, if it changed me, if an idea pops in or a thought or that eureka moment, and it changes me on like a cellular level in that moment, then if I can present that to you with as much of the original frequency as possible, it has the potential to do that for you as well. And if I'm speaking to you with doubts and fears of not being worthy or not being loved or all that stuff, that's going to have that diluting effect. And so it'll have less of an opportunity to change you or whoever the audience is. And what I'm striving for is to consistently be as clear internally as possible so that whatever comes out of my mouth or out uh, in my films or whatever is something that has the highest potential to impact people and create deep lasting cellular change. Mm, Deep lasting cellular change. So where did you cultivate this? Where did you cultivate this way of being? (laughs) Years and years and years of really deep inner work. I'm a pretty big open book when it comes to my Uh, love for plant medicines and the role that they have played in my life. For people who are unfamiliar, I'm speaking about like ayahuasca or psilocybin or San Pedro or peyote or like any, any of these plant medicines. And some people get hung up on, you know, the propaganda of, of whether it's legality or, 
whatever, but I'm going to show you like I'm drinking something right now that's a bunch of herbs like organic herba mate, organic ginger, organic rose hips, organic turmeric. And this is plant medicine. Everything I just read is a plant designed to impact and shift my physiology, you know, the neurochemistry in my brain, the gut biome, like whatever it is, we are taking that and we are saying, okay, I don't think about this in the same way that I think about magic mushrooms or ayahuasca for whatever reason, but it's still important for people to recognize that, you know, if you're drinking a cup of coffee, you are impacting yourself with a stimulant, with a drug. The only difference from that to an ayahuasca or a magic mushroom ceremony would be that you're assigning a different value to it. And so my journey has been one that involves plant medicines. My journey has been one that involves NLP and personal development workshops and nonstop podcasts and book readings and video watchings. Like I am an addict for personal and spiritual development. I love it. It's, it's my life. And um, along the way, somewhere along that way, I developed this understanding that we're speaking about, about frequency. And it's actually a, a huge part of the book that I just wrote, Cosmic Philosophy. Because while there are topics in that book that cover sexual energy and food and money and creativity, the primary thing that it covers throughout most of, of the entries are um, about frequency and understanding the mechanics of how frequency is impacting our day-to-day life. Beautiful. That was a long answer. I, I, hope it, I hope it answered the question. <laughs> yeah, we covered a lot of stuff there. Um, <laughs> yeah, the frequency thing I really get, you know, and it's, it's something I've been tuning more and you know, intuition and frequency, I think it's kind of interlinked and just that, that ability to sense different energies. And I know that since I've been overseas and traveling and doing my own personal development work, I can feel my frequency lifting and I can feel the energy that I bring into a room or a situation lifting. And I'm much more sensitive to low frequency or like low energy situations. Do you find that to be the case? So everyone is... No, I think, I think what it is for you then, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but you're saying you're much more sensitive to like low energy situations. But I would say that you just operate in a higher vibrational state normally. So when you enter into a lower vibrational like situation, it's a more drastic shift for you. But for other people who are normally in a low vibrational state, where they're depressed or whatever, entering into a room full of depressed people wouldn't be a shock to their system. But entering into a room full of really loving and high vibe would be like, what the hell is happening? And so I think most people have this experience. Like there are times, anyone who's in a relationship may know this one, which is your partner. Like my girlfriend comes home and she's in a mood. You know, she's had a rough day, which doesn't happen often, but if she's had that rough day, she can walk into the room, not say a word, and I can just feel it. I'm like, whoa. Or a great example is a friend went through something traumatic recently, and another friend walked into the room while I was speaking with one of the friends, and they could just feel the energy. They're like, whoa, right? It's like when we go and walk into a funeral, that saying, like, it's like a funeral in here. We sense energy. We all do. We can all feel the vibrations that that are being extended. But for some reason, there does seem to be a little bit of a resistance. If and people saying, you know, it's a little woo-woo, it's a little out there, it's it's so hippy dippy. Well, 
Yes, and I'm happy to, to bring it back down and ground it into these tangible experiences that we all share and we can all relate to. Do you see that as part of your journey to like make these teachings more palatable? It's just a part of who I am. Not even a journey. I was raised Catholic, never found any sort of spiritual connection in that religion. And I tried. And so I like, because of almost like an anger that I didn't find God through the religion, I wrote it all off. I said, it's all fake. They're all lying to you. I was more or less agnostic or atheist and and said, none of it's true. If you can't prove it with hard science, it doesn't exist. And like that sort of, that was just my mentality. And because that's who I was, And because I still have that side of myself that wants to know the logic. So any question you have for me about frequency or vibration or spirituality, like I will break it down in a way where the log, your logical mind will understand it, or Mm. I will at least do my best to make that happen. Because I think that logic is just a language. Like logic is, it's like a linear thinking pattern, right? And so because we exist within linear time, there's no reason why any of our spiritual concepts or beliefs can't be explained in a logical way, can't be explained in a linear way. And yeah, that's just who I am. And I think it's really important because I want to serve as a bridge for people. Most of the clients I work with when I work with like one-on-one clients are people who have had a lot of success in business, but who sense something deeper. They're like, there's something more to life. There's something more to this experience. I don't know what that is, but Adam, I see that you have, you're onto (laughs) something. Can you show me? Can you bridge that for me? And I help bridge people and bring people into this other world, which I see, I mean, they're all, it's all true. Yeah. And it feels like there's a a, a transition happening now where there are more, I don't want to put a label on it, but more conscious people, more spiritually awake people that want to do, they're in business, there are entrepreneurs that want to bring uh, more of spirituality and mission-based existence to business. So how do you help those people? How do you start introducing them that so they can use that in their businesses? Yeah, I think that that's a really great question. And I'll say this, like, I can't help everyone, right? Meaning, and not just like physically all the different people, but my message is not for everyone. Mm. There are people who are listening to this who are going to like shut it off because they, they don't resonate with what I'm saying. But what's awesome is there's plenty of other people saying it in a way that may resonate to them. So that's, that's the first thing. I used to, when I first started coaching, it was like, I want to help everybody. Every, I, if, if someone doesn't like me or my message, like there's something wrong with, with me. But in truth, it's like, no. There are people out there who whatever their code is, the way their mind works, someone else is the messenger. But for those people who are resonating with what I have to say and the way that I say it, I think that we are in the midst of a massive awakening of consciousness. Uh, And we can call that spiritual if we want. And uh, for those people who have any resistance at all to the word consciousness even, shift that word and, and replace it with awareness. Because that's what it is to me. Consciousness is awareness. Mm. And so we have this rising awareness, this rising consciousness right now. And uh, do you, are you familiar with entrainment? No. Okay, so entrainment is when something's a frequency, a vibration, or, or, or something of that nature. And when it's vibrating at this, it will entrain something else so that it's also vibrating. 
Mm. One of those things is like, like you can have a, a, a series of violins all together and playing one and the others will start to, to entrain into that frequency and that vibration. Uh, one is like binaural audio beats where you can put in the two different tones in your brain and your brain waves will entrain, meaning it can shift your brain wave state to what it's intending to. That's entrainment. Mm. Well, entrainment also works. Think of mob mentality, right? Where people are doing stuff when they're in a mob that they would never do by themselves because there's an energy, there's a frequency, there's a vibration to the collective mob that an individual entrains into, gets pulled into, okay? And so um, I'm saying this because as the collective is having this expanded consciousness, this awakening of awareness happening, well, then the overall frequency of the entire planet is shifting. And what that does is that makes it easier for people to entrain and get pulled into that. So as more and more people are having this type of conversations that we're having right now, it's going to exponentially make it easier for people to have their own experiences of awakening. And, and I think that's like what we're seeing happening. right now. Things like things like meditation that no one was talking about except in India 30 years ago is yeah. now most people are trying to incorporate it into their daily routine. Totally. And yoga, there's yoga studios everywhere. And there's, you know, there's just this idea of mindfulness and consciousness that's spreading like wildfire. And I used to be the cynic who said, oh, it's just a fad. It's a trend. So everyone's mm -hmm. trying to capitalize on it. And the question you get to ask yourself is how else would it be? Like if, if people really were expanding their awareness and their consciousness, and therefore they were wanting to explore things like plant medicines and, and spirituality and meditation and yoga, how else would it look? It would look exactly as it does right now, which is those opportunities would be made available for people. People like myself would go on our own, my own spiritual awakening and then just start talking about it, which ultimately led to my business. And I feel that for people who want to be more conscious in their business, like they have a deep calling because that's your original question. The starting place is always within. And that may sound cliche, but the work begins with looking internally, really doing a deep dive into your own unconscious mind, conscious mind, spiritual beliefs, limitations, doubts, fears, getting to really know yourself. And from that, will spring out business ideas, creative ideas, friendships, like everything that will exist externally will be a byproduct of who you become and who you are at your deepest core. Mm -hmm. And so doing a business that's not in alignment with that, just it won't feel right. You'll know once you start going through yeah. that process. Yeah, I think people, I think before you even go through that process, for a lot of people, the beginning of that process is first being honest with, I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. I'm not happy living the way I'm living. I'm not happy in my relationship. That acknowledgement and actually not being in resistance to it and just saying, this is the truth of where I'm at right now. You then go, okay, that's my situation. What am I going to do about it? But for a lot of people, instead of being honest about that question, that truth for themselves, they numb themselves. They numb themselves with drugs and alcohol and sex and 
Netflix and social media and like they just do everything they can to put their attention outside of the inner turmoil. And so when I first start working with clients, always the starting place is let's go internally. Let's see what's going on inside. And from that place, all the external stuff will fall in alignment. Mm, find the truth from there. You said something before I just want to capture that was so important. You said that you learned that your message wasn't for everyone and that your yeah. job wasn't to, to change everyone. And I just wanted to capture that because it's such a, especially in our business, it's such an easy trip to fall into. Like you said, you want to help everybody when you start. So how, yeah. have, you, how have you honed that and how, have you, how do you know who the people are that you're meant to impact? I don't. I find out by just being me and doing mm. my thing. And then I get people like you contact me and say, hey, like I've been following along. I love what you do. I'm like, great. You're someone who resonates with the message. Mm. I didn't know that before. It would be, you know, the idea. And I, you know, I graduated with a marketing degree. And so I get that standard operating procedure is who's your demographic? Mm. Right? Who's your demographic? What's, what is the avatar of, of the person you're speaking to? What is, and for me, there are some patterns that I see show up, right? For you to resonate with what I'm putting out, um, there's probably truth to what I said about someone who's very logically minded, but interested in, in this other aspect. There's, there's a, a bridge there mm -hmm. and I don't know you. And yet I would say that's probably a, a characteristic of you because you resonate with how I'm putting things out. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's beautiful. Cause I, I, you know, I was a pilot for 16 years, which is one of the most logical professions that you can have. And then, I, you know, I also consider myself a deeply spiritual person and moving more into that realm in my, my business and my career. So it is bridging that gap between living a life of, you know, what you said, having to um, put things into a logical explanation or like having to find the scientific validation mm -hmm. for everything. And then now moving and trying to understand more of a spiritual realm. Yeah. So see, that's an example. That's an example of, I never sat down and figured out the demographics of like age range and this and that. No, I just have continued to hone my internal game and continued to hone who I am and what I believe and what I stand for. And the more clear that becomes, the stronger of a particular frequency I put out into the world. And then the people like moths to a flame people are drawn to it if it's for them. If, it has med if I have medicine for someone, they will find a way to my message. And I don't believe, like I think that business strategy is great to complement and support in certain areas. Mm. But the way of going about things when I was in, in business school and the way a lot of business coaches specifically will, will coach around is starting with the analytics and starting with the, okay, what's the demographic you want to target? What's this? What's that? What's, and I, I approach things differently. I'm not your typical business coach in that way. And yet everything that I've ever dreamed of is, is coming to fruition as a result of, of living this particular way. And so that's what I teach. That's what I coach. That's what I speak out into the world. Yeah, that's really why I wanted you to come on. I wanted to capture that essence of what you just said about uh, 
working, you know, approaching the world and approaching business differently. And you probably don't see life and business as separate, right? You just keep doing what you're doing and channeling what you're channeling and put it out in the right places. And then the business success comes as a result. I heard it described as well as being like a, a flower, like a rose. All a rose has to do is be a rose. It puts out a scent and then the scent attracts people, bees, whatever is attracted to that scent. So all you have to do is put out the scent, put out your message in as many different ways. Social media has been like an incredible way to do that, to put out your message mm-hmm. into the world and then allow people to come to you. And it's been my experience yeah. with that as well. I, I think that's also the the law that governs our existence here, which is people have heard of the law of attraction Mm -hmm. or manifestation or the secret. It's all talking about the same thing. I personally prefer to call it the law of magnetism. I think it's um, because it's working like two magnets where the stronger of vibration you're holding, the stronger your pull of anything that resonates with that, right? The, 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 the player, the other magnets, will be pulled towards you. Similarly though, you are being pulled towards them, right? You are being pulled and that's why mm-hmm. you'll get the intuitive hits of like, I'm, I got to travel for the next year like you are or whatever. It's like, this is the thing because the universe that you're co-creating with is pulling you in into like resonance with the intentions that you're setting. And so um, you're going to find yourself with opportunities. You're going to find yourself meeting certain people. You're going to find just yourself surrounded by a particular resonance. And for anyone who's listening to this, who is not where they want to be necessarily, I think that you get to look at the frequency you're holding because your life is a reflection of your frequency. To be more accurate, your life, your present moment is a reflection of the cumulative frequency of every decision you've ever made. So this present moment is the, the cumulative, like sum total of every decision you have ever made in your life. And so it will carry the frequency of your entire past. And that's why it can be so hard for people to shift into new ways of being because I have, I just turned 33. I have 33 years of of particular energies, all the energies that are around me right now. And if I say, oh, I want to be this, I want to do a complete 180 and be this, I have to hold that frequency strong enough to shift 33 years other frequencies. Mm. And I'm going to try and force you to get a little bit practical around how do you start to, to tap into this for yourself? So you said it, you know, it's, it's years of personal development and courses and reading and doing different things. But if you could capture in the, the one, two or three things that have had the most profound impact on you, what, what would they be? Yeah, I, I can do that relatively easily, actually. Uh, the first would be plant medicine, um, ayahuasca, uh, psilocybin, uh, LSD, uh, like just entheogens. Uh, you can look that, that word up. It's a, I like that word better than hallucinogens or psychedelics even, but the, that I have a very, very reverent relationship to those medicines. Uh, they have been used in just about every culture, uh, every civilization throughout history. 
the use of, of psychedelics, the use of sacred plant medicines for spiritual enlightenment, spiritual communion has been a part of every every civilization from the ancient Egyptians to the Greeks to, to you know, uh, tribes currently in the Amazon. That's played a major role for me. The second one... The one I just you touched on a thing before there too as well that I just wanted to circle back with about the how it gets lumped into just being drugs and how we, um, you know, our generation got brought up with the Say No to Drugs program and everything just kind of got lumped in that... Uh, marijuana was the same as heroin that was the same as you know, LSD and it all just got lumped in and through my own education I've learned to start separating those things out that heroin and cocaine can be quite addictive can be quite destructive in the wrong hands but things like ayahuasca that are administered they're plants right at the end of the day they're plants administered the right way can have like you say some of the most profound transformations the world can offer yeah. And, and even, you know, heroin and cocaine, uh, looking at, you know, they come from plants as well. Uh, the, the, you know, the coca leaf uh, down, people harvest the coca leaf, will just put some in their, their mouth right here and chew on it throughout the day. And it's a stimulant. To them, it's like a cup of coffee, mm. right? But we have synthesized it and put it through this process with like gasoline and not to mention all the negative energy and violence and whatever that's a part of that. And so it becomes something different. But yeah, get, getting people to, to really look at the belief structures underneath that. There's a great documentary called uh, Neurons to Nirvana, which covers like the five major psychedelics uh, right now. Uh, and it covers them from the spiritual, political, uh, scientific aspects on all of them. And I highly recommend for people who are interested in just starting to ask the questions, why are they illegal? How did they become illegal? For in the United States, Nixon made them illegal because he was super pissed off about the hippies that were protesting the war. So, yeah, and is the fact that they're illegal, is that the reason why, does, is that the reason why I am saying they're not good for me? Am I like taking that on because of the legality? Great. There was a time when it wasn't legal for um, black people to vote or for women to vote or like, is the legality really Doesn't the thing that- yeah, exactly. And so just starting to ask those questions. And so plant medicine has been a really big one for me. Um, and for people who are nervous about the legalities, there are places in the world you can go to do these things legally. And this and, is just before you move on. And people that have a, just a fear of the plant medicine, not the legality, but just, you know, they've heard stories about ayahuasca and you end up throwing up your pole <laughs> spirit. And yeah, vomit. The purge. <laughs> yeah, the purge. Yeah, the purge. You know, but I hear a lot of people that just, that gives them some anxiety. Yeah. What would you say? To I think a healthy, a healthy dose of fear is good when it comes to these things. I think the worst thing is for it to become like just a trendy, oh, this is a super cool thing to do. No, it, it actually has the potential to dramatically change your life and shift you and shift everything you thought you knew and should be treated with reverence. And that's the reason why, by the way, that I speak, because there's a lot of people in this space of personal development and coaching and motivational speaking who I know who have and continue to use plant medicines as part of their journey, but will not speak about it out of fear of what it would do to their brands. And I think that's a huge disservice. I, I find it borderline dishonest, mm. but the, 
the main thing is if we can start having just an open conversation about what they are, how they work, how to do them safely and get the most out of them, that's, that's important to me. And that's why I choose to speak about it. And also because it's one of the biggest tools in, in my life. And so, yeah, plant medicine was number one. The second one is mentorship. And um, so hiring my first life coach was so scary because I didn't have the money and I put the entire thing on a credit card. And, but that moment changed my life as well. And I've continued to nonstop invest in myself, hire mentors, hire coaches, attend workshops, um, even for people who, who aren't yet ready to invest financially, listening to this podcast, listening to my podcast, The Deep Dive, reading books, like whatever it is, YouTube videos, there's so much available to you that doesn't even require a financial investment. And so, yeah, that's the second thing is, is mentorship. Specifically, if you find people who you resonate with, if, if, like, like if I'm the person where you're like, everything he's saying makes so much sense, great. Then following the journey with me would be smart. If, if Tony Robbins is that person, great. Follow Tony Robbins, attend his events, whatever. But that's the beautiful thing about you is to you, you you publish a lot of video content and stuff and podcasts, and so it's easy just for free to start tuning into what you're putting out all the time. I put it, I put out so much free content every single day, pretty much on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the podcasts, like it's all there. And you know, the third thing is meditation. Mm-hmm. Meditation is and on just a practical level tim ferris uh has interviewed some of the highest peak performers on the planet and he said the common denominator that basically they all have is they meditate they have a meditation practice your mind your brain is running on overdrive all the time it's just the nature of our world we're taking in so much there's so much coming at us all the time and giving your mind time to rest Strictly, if you think about a muscle in the gym, you would not work out 24 hours a day thinking that's the best thing for your muscles. You rest. And meditation is is an opportunity for you to rest your mind. And from there, it's also an opportunity to really get clear about what's happening internally, which like I said before, that's my starting place. Beautiful. And the, the meditation, what have been some of the tips that have taken your meditation to the next level? That you can't do it wrong. Hmm. When I, when I started meditating, I thought there was a way like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. I had thoughts popping into my head and it's like, oh, I'm doing this all wrong. I'm thinking about things. And, um, isn't the whole point of meditation to have no thoughts at all. And the truth is there are so many types of meditation. Like there are countless types of meditation. There are so many different ways you can do it with mantras like TM, transcendental meditation. You can do Vipassana style where you're just paying attention to your breath and your body. You can do uh, guided meditations where people are taking you through visualization exercises. There is no wrong way to meditate. And so when I work with clients, I'll tell them in the beginning, you know, meditation's a mandatory aspect of working with me. <laughs> and all it, for, for a lot of them, they've never meditated before. And it starts just is simply as set your timer for five minutes, close your eyes, and don't open them until the timer goes off. That's it. Whatever happens is fine. Yeah. Be okay with whatever happens. Don't judge it. I'm not, whether you have thoughts, you don't have thoughts, whether you're uncomfortable or not, like just close your eyes and breathe for a while. Yeah. 
I've been obsessed with uh, Wayne Dyer has this R meditation. I don't know if you've heard of that, but I've been mm. obsessed with that for the last few months. And it's just using that sound, the R or the OM sound, you know, for 20 yeah. minutes with holding an intention for the day. And talking about frequency, you know, the vibration you can feel when you do that deep R sound for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. man, for me, it just, it clears the whole channel and just sets me on this ridiculously high frequency. So I've practiced lots of different things, you know, sitting still silence for an hour, mantra. And then for me right now, that vibrational meditation is the one that's taken me to the next level. <laughs> Sorry. My Got your friend there? <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. and join the conversation. You heard me shift in my chair. Do you yeah. want to come be on camera? She senses the frequency. Yeah. <laughs> come here. Come be on camera. Yeah, come be a guest. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's awesome. Um oh, this is serendipity. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Hi. And um what do you hear? What do you hear? <laughs> and I think that um the God dog. Yeah. I think that it's awesome that you're you're doing what works for you. And a time will come, not necessarily 100%, but a time will come where that may no longer be the thing that's working for you. Anymore. Exactly. And you get to shift it. That's yeah. awesome. For right now, that is valuable to you. And uh, I support anything that, that is of value to you that doesn't harm others. Yeah. It's another good point, Aisha, about I've always known when it was time to move on from something. And I think that, you know, meditation, that's a great example. Like I know there'll be a time where I'm like, ah, this is feeling repetitive. I feel like I've got everything I can possibly get out of this experience. And it's been the same with relationships. It's been the same with exercise routines, you know, that, that trusting your intuition about when it's time to move on. Yeah. And, and that's a big issue that, um, happens a lot with traditions and dogmas and not, and yes, religions fall into that category, but there's so many other things too, um, that fall into that category of just essentially tradition for the sake of tradition, dogma for the sake of dogma, where, uh, it becomes, Hey, this is no longer the thing that's, that's pushing my edges. It's no longer the thing that's pushing my growth. And yet just because I'm going to force myself to stay in it. And you brought up a great point because I I used to be a personal trainer for for many years. And um, one of the best things, like the most effective thing you can do for your body is continually change up the exercises and the routines. Mm -hmm. To go to a gym and do the exact same five exercises, exact same weight for 15 years would not be the effective way for a holistic uh, health experience. And the same is true for our spiritual development. There are, are things that will pull us forward and challenge us and cause us to grow. And then at a certain point, it's, okay, let me shift over here to this other thing because that's where my edges are now and I want to push those. And maybe I'll come back to it. You know, maybe this will be something mm. that I reach. Yeah, sometimes you come back to something and you see it through new eyes after you've been on a bit of a journey. Always. My friend Derek yeah. Deal, he has a, a business and it's, he's called it Darwinian Fitness. 
because the, the law of evolution says that we grow the most when we're forced to adapt. That's the, the Darwin's theory of evolution. So he creates these sometimes spiritual, sometimes physical challenges that force you to adapt. And that's how he, yeah. that's how he encourages growth. I love the concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk beautiful. About talk about the book, the, the new book you've got called Cosmic Philosophy. Yeah. Where did that, uh, I want to say, where did that channel from? Where did that come from, the book? Yeah, so this is, this is where people, if you don't want to hear about some deep and crazy hippie woo-woo stuff, you might have to tune out now because <laughs> this book is, is that. Long, we should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I was in an ayahuasca ceremony and got the very clear message come through that said, go to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned to really honor when messages come through that strongly. Uh, so six days later, I was on a plane to Egypt happened to be the exact day that there was a trip that was organized for the Resonance Academy, which is led by Nassim Haramein. For those of you who don't know what he, who he is, he's a physicist who has the science of how we are all connected molecularly. And so um, you could watch The Connected Universe, which is a documentary that focuses on him and his work. And it's really well done. It's actually very entertaining if you wanted to watch that. Um, anyway, he was leading this trip and I know I'm really good friends with his ex-wife. And so she got me and my friend into the, the trip, which uh, was amazing. Just happened. I say just happened, but um, you know, it was the divine plan all along. And uh, so the message came through in the ceremony, go to Egypt. Six days later, I'm a part of this group going to all these sacred sites getting to meditate inside each of the great pyramids on the night of the full moon for two hours in the pyramid. So six hours of meditation inside the pyramids. Um, Then I met this mysterious Brazilian man who him and his apprentice gave me a two hour initiation activation session to open up my, my channel. And we can talk about what that means, but open up my channel. And then for the next month I would uh, be, calling him and he would take me through a brief three, five minute meditation and take me up into the light as he called it. And I would always think, man, this guy seems so unprofessional. Like I hear like plates in the background and people talking and I'm like, what's going on? And then he would start talking and I go, and just like fall into this kind of like hypnotic meditative state. And then he would say, you're in the light now, Adam, blessings. And he would hang up the phone and I would start writing. I would just start writing and writing with my eyes closed or half closed most of the time. And I did this every day for, for a month. And when I started sharing them with a few of my friends, they said, you have to share that with the world. And I thought maybe I would just post them on Facebook or whatever, but uh, ultimately decided to compile them all in one place and turn it into this book, which is called Cosmic Philosophy, A Month in the Light, and is available on Amazon um, and I am really surprised, I'm excited because it's my first book and surprised because I always thought my first book would be something like easing people in to personal and spiritual development. (laughs) And this is like off the deep end, uh, channeled with my eyes closed book after Egypt and all these things. And the content itself is incredibly, I tell people, I warn people, it's not entry level. It is deep into the mechanics of how frequency, uh, that's like the overarching theme is like how frequency is 
is really impacting our lives, us as individuals, the collective, how we can shift the planet and ourselves through the understanding and the mechanics of that frequency. And it covers topics like sex and money and food and creativity and so much more. Wow. It's mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty crazy story. Yeah. That's as fast as I've been able to figure out how to tell it. No, that's great. That's perfect. And who would the book benefit? Who, who, who would you love to read the book? I would love for anyone who is open-minded enough to really read the information and, and like play with it and think about it and sit with it. Like if that's the state you're in, if you're looking for a book that is just telling you do these four things, the, the, the seven habits of highly successful people or whatever, like if you want that sort of book, this, this isn't your book. But if you're, this is more philosophy, that's why it's, it's cosmic philosophy. And so if you're the type of person who wants to read something that is dense and, and is, um, I mean, they're only par- they're like paragraphs because they were just journal entries. Mm. So the book looks like this, where you have uh, on the left-hand page, you have a question or a prompt that is designed to get you in the right frame of mind to be thinking. And then you read my unedited, basically as it came through me, it's unedited and just put into the book because we talked about how frequency, I wanted to put the original frequency in there. Mm. And so you read the prompt and then you read a, a short paragraph and then sit with it. I want, you, I want people to, to think about it and meditate on it. I want people to have a conversation with their friends about it. I want this to be something that encourages thought. And so if that's the space you're in, if you want to go into this realm and do so with an open mind and the desire to challenge what you think you know, that's who this book is for. Yeah. Yeah, this is powerful. This will be something to watch. I can't wait to read this and uh, spread the message around. It's very cool. Yeah, thank you, brother. And if people want to learn more about you, what's the best way to, to learn more about you? Yeah, so my website is always a great starting place, adamroa.com, A-D-A-M-R-O-A.com. Through that page, you can see all, like my videos and, and you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram, adam.roa on Instagram, um, Twitter, those sorts of things. And then uh, my podcast is a really great way to just get more of this. Uh, I have conversations with really incredible people uh, once a week. And I also do uh, musings where it's just me speaking about what's present for me and, and talking about this sort of stuff by myself. And that is called The Deep Dive with Adam Roa. That, and that podcast is your podcast app or SoundCloud or through my website. Awesome. Yeah, we'll put all the links to those up. And I saw the, actually one of the, the first places I saw you was doing that beautiful uh, spoken word with Kyle Cease on the stage at the Kyle Cease. Yeah. Out loud. And I noticed you've got that uh, video right at the start of your website when you go on your website. But that's, I would encourage yeah. you to check that out because it is a deeply moving, deeply moving piece. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. I, I do um, spoken word poetry and my goal is to turn these sorts of concepts into art so that people can receive them in a really deep, uh, emotional, experiential way. And uh, if you're in Canada, the plan is to, to do it. I toured Australia actually in November and I plan to tour Canada. May uh, is looking likely. 
Awesome. Or if you're in LA, I'm going to do like a 200 seat, 300 seat theater in LA, probably in March. So oh, stay tuned for that. Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. And the, the last question, the wrap up question is to bring a little bit of uh, balance to the conversation is to look at the dark side and your concept of the dark side, but also if you're willing to be a little bit vulnerable, what is your dark side uh, that you still have to watch for? Yeah, I think um, my dark side, it's, it's funny because I, I view dark side differently. <laughs> Not surprisingly, I view dark side differently, but we, we exist in a world of polarity, right? And so meaning like your emotions, we have what we label positive emotions and what we label negative emotions. So you might have love and bliss and joy. And then over here, you have like fear and anger and, and whatever. But the thing is, it's just a spectrum of feeling. And this is something that I, I learned actually in one of the channelings that came through in my book, but it's all just feeling. And only because we point over at the anger and the fear and we say, that's bad. Does it actually have any value of being bad? Yes. People act out of anger and do things that, that may harm others, but the emotion itself of anger isn't necessarily bad inherently. It's just an emotion. It's another feeling that we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so understanding these polarities for me, when I look at like the dark side, I'm looking at, okay, what's the polarity spectrum? So for me, what I would say to answer your question is my dark side is ego. I think that what I notice is, you know, every time I have this amazing, like a new opportunity arise, like when I performed for that event for Kyle Cease, right? That was 1400 people. I'd never performed for an audience that large. And so then I can feel the part of me that goes, yeah, this gets to happen regularly now. Like that felt really, it was a stroke of the ego. And the thing is, that's not bad because that same polarity spectrum is the thing that is my belief to say, I believe I can change the world, right? Like I'm crazy enough to think I can change the world. And there's a level of ego to that. There's a level of me saying, I can do this. And so I value them both, but I do recognize the shadow side. I recognize the other side of the coin where if left unchecked, now the part of me that says I can change the world suddenly becomes like gratuitous in my success. Yeah. So I, I hope that answers your question. I, I hope that's helpful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The ego is a, it's a good one because I imagine when you did that event for Kyle C's, the ego sneaks in quietly, right? It doesn't, it's not a choice that you make to go, yeah, I want to, this feels good and I'm going to you know, treat this as an ego play. So how do you, how do you catch that? Like, how do you catch that moment? And it sounds like you did a good job of, it, of recognizing, oh, there's a little ego play here. Yep. You just, that's the awareness that gets cultivated by doing the inner work, right? The, like just, just starting to meditate and getting used to noticing your thoughts and your yeah. emotions in a quiet space, all of a sudden you can sit there in an auditorium full of people and, and be very aware of what's happening internally. It's just a, it's a skill that everyone has, it's just a matter of utilizing it. Beautiful. Thank you, Adam Rao. This has been beautiful. I've loved this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being you. Thank you for modeling what it looks like to channel your gifts and just give them freely. I really honor you for that. Thank you, brother. Thanks, thank man. you to everyone who listened. Thank you for putting out this show so regularly. And thank you for being you. 
There you have it, folks, my conversation with the wonderful Adam Roa. I hope you got something out of that. Check out Adam's website, adamroa.com, and also I highly recommend following him on Facebook. So look up Adam on Facebook and you'll get to see all of his Facebook Lives and videos and when his latest podcasts come out. Thanks for joining us. Again, share this around on Facebook if you can. I will love you guys forever. And I'll be back next week with episode 47 of The Nathan Seawood Show. That was The Nathan Seawood Show. Personal conversations with powerful men. This episode has been brought to you by my friends at Unsettled. Unsettled is a 30-day co-working retreat experience for entrepreneurs, creatives, freelancers, and folks going through intentional transitions. They have incredible retreats all around the world, Portugal, Bali, Colombia, Nicaragua, just to name a few. I did Medellin in Colombia last year, blew my mind. A great bunch of people there, lots of really cool local experiences, beautiful office to work from, a lovely apartment. They organize it all, guys. So go to beunsettled.co slash Nathan, and I'm going to get $100 off your first trip. So do yourself a favor, check out beunsettled.co slash Nathan, and prepare for one of the best months of your life.